0: Uh, the season is back underway after a what felt like a, an unbelievably long offseason uh, since the final round of the Road to Indy last year in Portland. Uh, so good to be back as we got things underway, of course, at the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Again, the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. My name is Rob Howden, folks. Great to be with you once again. This is the Road to Indy Insider and in our breakdown podcast where I hook up with one of the sports leading journalists and we kind of go through the action that took place in the Road to Indy events of a of a past weekend. We're only about uh, five days away, six days from the opening round of the Road to Indy and of course the NTT IndyCar series as well. It was a great weekend down in St. Petersburg. Uh, beautiful sunshine. Uh, I think we're all pretty, pretty sunburnt. I know I'm still starting to peel a bit. It was pretty rough. Uh, but the guy joining me today, and a good friend of mine, great to have him here, Steve Whitick from TSO Ladder and Trackside Online. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to carve out a little 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 space here on a Friday so we can talk about what happened last weekend.
1: Thanks, Rob. Always have time to talk about some road to Indy uh, presented by Cooper Tire Action. Uh, God, it was good to get back to a racetrack, wasn't it? Yes,
0: yeah, it was. I, listen, I was a bit jealous because I know you went to one of the tests, yes. and I would, man, I would like to have been there. But finally, to get back into the paddock, just. Get it going again. I think everybody was kind of antsy you know, oh, to get back at it. Yeah,
1: they definitely were. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about 10 days in Florida this time of year. So. <laughs>
0: right. Better not and, say that too
1: loudly. My wife might hear me.
0: Exactly. Just keep that. Keep that to a yeah. whisper. You know, the funny thing is, is that, is that how many times over the past however many years, I guess 10 years, right? Because we yeah. we launched USF 2000 back in 2010. So let's say the 10th year, have we not had up on the billboards, uh, you know, a, a calm way of saying run. Thunder, thunder and lightning and, and high winds are coming. You know, we, we yeah. keep getting that. Hey, run to the Mahaffey Theater. It's going to get ugly. This year, no. Oh, and it was Chamber, chamber of Commerce all the
1: Thursday to Sunday. It was absolutely yeah. perfect. There's hardly yeah, any it, clouds in the sky and it wasn't too warm, but warm enough. It was, it was absolutely perfect.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those weekends that is just absolutely perfect. And, you know, people talk about the, uh, you know, the numbers, the attendance numbers at street races and, you know, there, office times feels like it's been kind of jumped up a little bit. Maybe there's not that many people there, but then people bitch about it. But I was gauging with this. How easy can I get from my announcer's booth to, to the PA or to the yes. victory lane when I'm running? I'm telling you the paddock was packed. On on Saturday and Sunday. Even on Saturday, I had to, I was dodging people left and right. It was packed, I thought. Yeah,
1: easily the best attended event I've yeah. been to there in what ten years that I've been going, but and easily the best attended. And you know, the last three years it's kind of been like that. It's keeps growing and growing and growing. And uh it's good to see the communities actually kind of embrace that event and it's I know I can't think of a better place to start the season.
0: I agree. And you know, one of the cool things that's kinda of grown along with it, and I know that this really doesn't really Fit, fit into the Road d and Insider, but I will speak to it because I was there. And that was the Cart for Kids charity race, the Pro-Am that they put on on Wednesday night. Uh, right in, essentially, in, the, in turn number one at the track. They lay out this carting you know, circuit there. And Sebastian Bourdais and Patrick Long are the guys that are, are, are you know, the passionate co-chairmen of that deal and you know, raising money for the Johns Hopkins uh, All Children's Hospital, which is, what, less than a mile from the track. And, you know, it was one of those things you talk about, the kind of the community getting behind it even more and more, Steve. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. I think the first year they raised $6,400. They got more money for Sebastian's helmet than that first year. They raised over $180,000 and they just keep raising more and more every year. The city comes out that, you know, the news is coming out. That's an event I think that, it shows just how much this race is starting to grow because so many more people coming out to that race too. Well,
1: and it's events like that that make these, uh, these street races work because it's giving back directly to the community, right? Like it, it's helping Agreed. that what hospitals, what two or three blocks, uh, <laughs> two or three blocks west of the track. And, um, it's great to see that, that, you know, be able race community, be able to raise that much money for a hospital that impacts that community.
0: Well, and just the, the, it was actual an all-star. If you wanted to come out and meet some of the drivers, man, it was packed. It was, as again, Bordet, as I said, Pagino was there. Scott Dixon drove, Hinchcliffe drove, Ferrucci, Pato Award, uh, Colton Herta. Man, it was just, it was packed with drivers. And Tony Kanaan came out again, as he always does. It was, it was, it was a big one.
1: Yeah, I was uh, part of a team a couple of years you ago are- where it was, Ryan hunter Ray was our, our pro but our, our, you know, just one of our teammates happened to be Kyle Kirkwood, who, uh, you know, went on to win USF 2000 championship last year. Probably one of the best carters in the world. That was our, that was, he was by far our best uh, carter. That's
0: a bit of a ringer on that side, to be just honest. Just a little, a little bit, bit, yeah. All right, well, folks, yeah. let's jump into it. Again, this is our breakdown podcast. What essentially I'll do is I'll talk about what happened on the track for the six different races, uh, um, along with, the, you know, with the three tiers of the program, USF 2000, Indy Pro 2000, and Indy Lights, uh Steve can jump in at any time. I'll open the floor. He can give us some input. We'll talk about it a, little, a little bit, really just a breakdown of what happened on the track, but plus also some insight from both myself and Steve. We'll start of course with Cooper Tires USF 2000, the championship uh getting things underway. Uh we get uh, 21 cars I think for the opening round, which was solid. Yep. Um out of the box, not surprising, Steve, Cape Motorsports is going to be strong. You know, they got to, they have uh, drivers with a bit of experience and Darren Keane. Uh, Braden Eves had that one race last year at Portland, but he's got time in an F-1600 car. He's got time in F-4. Both those drivers really strong. Uh, Keene was the quickest in Thursday practice, but in qualifying that afternoon, because we actually got things underway on well, Thursday uh, this year, a little bit early. In fact, the, uh, the USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000 drivers were done on Saturday afternoon. They didn't run that race after IndyCar like they did last year. I, I personally expected Darren Keene to go out and get the pole. He was that quick in practice, but they had had some issues with the transponder and a couple teams. Steve had some transponder issues.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, uh, Eduardo Barrichello with, uh, William Vinatieri Motorsports had some issues. And, um, I know a couple of the Indy pro 2000 teams had some issues yeah. and it's, it's, it's a tough way to start the season when you when you go out because I know that you know Keen told me his, his best lap was somewhere close to, would have been somewhere close to pole but yeah. with no transponder you're starting at the back of the pack.
0: So Brad Eves' his teammate, ends up getting the pole position, and uh, we get ready to roll. We're gonna you know start off that first race, and everybody focused. Hunter McArey, of course, the scholarship winner, the two hundred thousand dollars scholarship winner for Paps Racing on the outside. We've seen a lot of craziness, and it's the very first race of the year. It's the first race of the weekend. Usually Steve, you know, we're going to call it. They work their way down into turn number one and you really don't know what's going to happen because the thing about St. Petersburg and those of you who have watched it online, you either watch the Indy car race, or you may have watched the road to Indy stuff on road to Indy TV on the app. Um, it's so wide. It's an airport park. It's an airport, uh, runway. So it's so wide coming down and so attractive to make that dive bomb move to the inside. But Steve, you and I have been there for 10 years and we know that it's dirty there's no grip down there. They repainted some of the, uh, the lines on, on the, the, the runway. It's super slippery. We've seen guys go down there, blow through. We saw Parker Thompson take the lead and somebody blow through and drive into the back of him. This was a different, this was different. This was actually a veteran driver essentially either overcooking it into the braking zone or being surprised by those in front of him getting on the brakes earlier. Alex Barron went for a ride. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He definitely went for a ride. And, and, part of the problem with that first race and that, uh, this situation with some rookie drivers, Hunter McElroy never done a rolling start before in his career
0: (laughs) ever. I didn't know that. Right. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, no, that was his first first two rolling starts for this weekend. So he was a, he was a little shocked at how, how things happened and how quickly things happened. So, uh, you know, it doesn't take them very long. Their race car drivers, they'll figure it out. But you know that when you, when you've got someone like that starting on the front row, it kind of stacks things up and, it was probably a combination. Barron was a little over aggressive and, you know, he started qualified seventh. Probably not happy with that. Wanted to make up some spots. Guys in front of him got on the brakes a little earlier than he thought they would. And, man, he bounced off, I think, Holden and Hunter McAlray and. Guy airborne and did a corkscrew and landed on all fours. <laughs>
0: it was unbelievable. But and and you're right. Let's point that out. A couple of rookies on the front mm-hmm. row, indeed. And and I didn't actually know that about Hunter McIlroy. But you're right. If he, if he had not had to start before a rolling start, you know he's going to going to go down there. He's going to be a little more tentative. Same with Braden Eves. He's you know he's never started at St. Petersburg on the pole. He's a rookie in the program. So yeah, that you add those two together. As uh, as Steve said, detailed Barron got in deep. Got I think didn't he get to the side? Was it? I think it was Zach Holden. I think on the inside. Yeah, it was
1: Holden. Holden on the inside, and then, and then into McElroy on the outside. And how
0: Holden and McElroy both were able to continue because uh, you know Barry gets in, hits with the right front, and gets kind of shot a little bit to the left, and then gets, and then he hits, uh, he hits McElroy. And I've never seen a car corkscrew that fast. It just it wasn't like a flip onto on. You know, there's lots of great images on uh, on social media now. He didn't flip on flip onto the roll hoop. It was a complete 360 back down on four wheels and into the tires of, in the runoff. I can't, I no, could not was, believe never, how quickly it flit, It spun.
1: It, no, it was amazing. I've never, I've never seen, like, you know, you're watching. It was hard to even know that he flipped because it was, oh, it was, he's on four, four wheels. But you're right about McIlroy and Holden not sustaining any damage. It was like, I think they ended up finishing what? Third and fifth in that race. And like, full credit to the Tattis chassis. Cause that thing, <laughs> man. Tell you what, they held up.
0: Agreed. Uh, so, again, to a certain extent, uneventful. The opening race, uh, Braden Eves win, you know, takes, takes it from pole, ends up winning, handling three restarts. Uh, he wins over Manuel Suleiman and Hunter McIlroy. As we said, McIlroy, a pretty strong car and a pretty strong run as he ends up being on the podium in his first weekend. I thought Kristen Rasmussen coming from ninth up to fourth for Jay Howard was pretty impressive as well, getting into the top five. But going into this, it was Manuel Suleiman who's kind of my... Surprise. I, I didn't know he was gonna be that good out, out of the box. I know he tested well. But the D force driver, uh, you can speak to a little bit more, Steve. Man, was he to finish P two in your opening run like that? I was really impressed.
1: Uh his first street course race too. And one um, you know, he's not hasn't done a ton of rolling starts either. So something brand new for him on both sides of things. And uh, you know, he did tell me he was a little nervous about the street course <laughs> racing yeah. and um but he, he handled it well and he's said, uh, yeah, he's been very impressive in the, in his short time in the uh, series so far I'm it'll be interesting to see if he can continue with what he's done he's got a ton of seat time so you know seat time is is always a good thing and uh, it usually portends to you know being able to race well and that's kind of what he showed me this week and he could race well
0: and we're going to see more of that when we talk about race number two let's cap off race number one and you know we, we started with the fact that Darren Keene had been quickest in the Cape Motorsports car again Florida driver kind of his home state race um, had the trouble with the transponder does not get a time has to start 19th, but then you know what you, you don't talk about a 19th, the seventh run, which what he did, you, you, that's not the biggest thing in the world, but if he's the championship battle, when we get to Laguna Seca in September, he's going to go back and say, you know what, I was able to show my maturity. I relaxed, I moved forward, you know, he used the yellows to you know, he passed a bunch of guys early. He used the yellows to be able to close back up and pass some more guys. He got onto the rear wing of Bruno Tomaselli in the late going and probably could have forced the issue and tried to grab another spot, but ends up taking seventh. I thought that was a really, really mature run and a good recovery for Darren Keane, especially when you could think his mindset could have been so messed up based on what happened in qualifying.
1: Yeah, that was a solid, solid drive by him. And it's, uh, you know, it doesn't, you know, he, he obviously showed patience to get where he was, but he had some pace too. I think his, Top lap, I think he was the fastest driver on the track in that session by or in that race by two two and a half tenths. Yeah, so agreed. that's yeah, pretty that's he, yeah. pretty solid. That's a pretty big uh, gap in lap times.
0: You're exactly that. He did a one thirteen one six. Eves, a one thirteen four eight. So over you know I said a tenth and a half quicker than his teammate. It's one of those things where, and I've said this many times, they kind of got messed around with last year a bit. But if you look over the course of the ten years at Saint Petersburg. The driver who has won there has not statistically gone on to win the championship. It's not like, hey, if you win at St. Petersburg, you're in championship battle, you're going to win the title. You could not win there and then win the championship. We've seen that happen many times. And it definitely,
1: you know, you you can throw away the championship at St. Pete, but I don't think anyone did this weekend. There was, you know, enough good results mixed with bad results that, that it, it's going to continue.
0: Agreed. I think you're right. I think you're exactly right there. Um, all right, let's go to race number two. So Darren Keen comes back, transponder works. He qualifies on the pole position uh, for race number two in USF 2000. And, you know, for, it, for all intemp, intents and purposes, what you would have expected to see out of a K Motorsports driver with a bit of experience, uh, you know, he's able to run out to, to the lead. Uh, three caution periods, you know, he's in the middle of a fight with with Christian Rasmussen, Um, they handle the the restarts, we get like a six-lap green flag run to the finish. And you know Darren Keene in his mind's like, I got to win this. I got to come back after the issue. I got to win this. But to be honest, Rasmussen was putting on a ton of pressure, was really on him over the last couple of laps. I think probably Darren was thinking, you know what, I got to hit my marks. I'm not going to over-push over this final lap. Coming down into turn number 14, and I, and I hate it for Darren. Coming to 14, he kind of pinches, you know, runs that defensive line, starts to put some wheel into it to get around the corner. And what is that hairpin corner? And the, before really he'd even got to the apex, the rear end started breaking around. He loops it. The momentum takes him backwards. Rasmus is trying to go around the outside to escape the issue. And t- they get together. Braden Eves, like he told me, goes, it's happened to karting before you know, the, the, the C parts and all of a sudden Braden Eaves drives from third into the lead and his second race win. I felt bad for Darren King cause I think I, he really deserved that win, but Rasmussen did exactly what he needed to do. And that was try to pressure him into making a mistake.
1: Yeah. And it was interesting after the race, I didn't get a chance to talk to Darren, but, uh, I talked to Braden and he said that, you know, the Cape cards were understeering pretty badly in that corner. So, you know, feeding wheel in just a little bit early rear ends are going to go around on you every yeah. time. And, uh, and it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, and Rasmussen had kind of shown the inside, he was going to try an inside move there before. So I'm sure Darren was saying, I've got to get down to the apex to get this covered and it didn't happen.
0: It, it's interesting. I, I didn't talk to Darren right afterwards. I, I messaged with him a little, little later, like a couple hours later. And he just, he was very adamant saying, Hey, you know what? I just made a mistake. I feel yeah. bad. I apologize to my team. It was my fault, but I, I'm gathering myself up. I'm in the right mindset. I'm, I'm looking forward. He's like I know I have the pace. I know this team can can give me a car that I can go win races. So, so I'm going I'm going to Indy and I'm going to win both races. Like that's the focus. You know, he says I'm just going to go there and do the best I can and put this behind me, which again is a mark of a guy who's been in the in the in the series for, you know, a couple of years, a couple of shortened series and, and programs in uh, in 2017 and in 18. So I still think Keen's going to be really strong when it comes to uh, heading to May in Indianapolis.
1: Yeah, no fans are about about it. He, and he's got he's surrounded by some pretty awfully pretty good people there with Osnegri and, you know, the Cape brothers and, you know, they've got Matthew Brabham there helping out now. So it's, uh, he's got some drivers that have been there, done that'll help him get refocused. But uh, yeah, I think him coming back for another year into USF 2000 uh, was the smart move for him. You know, I know he talked about moving up to Indy Pro 2000, but I think coming back and trying to win a title and winning races is more important than, you know, running in the higher level.
0: I say this all the time, Steve, uh, when I'm talking to, about the kids in the, in the, in the carding community, of course, three carding Um, I always tell a parent, I said, don't push your kid too far. Yeah. Let's say they're running in the top 10 right now. You want to move them from micro or mini into junior or junior into senior. And I, and I'm adamant that you need to let your kid, your driver learn how to win, not just be fast, but let them learn how to win. Let Let them lead a championship and then maybe lose the lead and come back and get it again. Right. It's, you need to learn how to win races. And I think bringing, bringing Darren back for, for one more year of USF 2000 is absolutely ideal for him. He's going to start winning races. He's going to build some, build some confidence and he's going to challenge for a championship. So I, I think that's a great call as well.
1: And I went, he, those first two races, could he have learned more? He came from, you know, 20th to seventh and then, you know, made a mistake, but he's going to learn from that in the second race.
0: I totally agree with you. I think you learn more <laughs> from your your failures than you do your successes. Uh, Hunter McIlroy was fourth. He gets gifted a second place finish his second straight podium. Zach Holden, who was running fifth. Uh, here's a guy that's had tons and tons of bad luck in the races he tried to run over the last year. Uh, pretty good weekend overall for Zach Holden. He ends up fifth in race number one, uh, right behind Rasmussen, and ends up third in race number two. So, you know, put him at the point where he's really not that far out of the championship battle either right now. So Zach Holden, who is running with BN racing. Ends up capping off the podium. Alex Barron coming back from that uh, that wreck on on fr- what was it Friday? I guess right Friday, not not Saturday. Friday. Right. His team works all night to get the car back together, and he comes out and turns in a, a strong run to fourth. And Colin Kaminsky rounding out the top five with with uh, with Paps. It was good to see Barron come back. I think that was key. The Legacy Autosport team, new to the program, um, Steve, and for them to get you know put the time in, get that car back out, and rewarded with a with a fourth place finish i think that's pretty solid
1: no i think it was a is a very smart drive you know he had an opportunity to make uh make some moves in that second race that he that would have probably moved him forward but he uh showed a lot of maturity and you know that that he needed to, he needed a top five finish to continue with the you know like we said you can't win the championship in the first weekend but man if you have another bad race that's two in a row that's tough to come back from
0: yeah so great so
1: solid points day
0: yeah that's it. you know put some points on the board, and move to the next race, exactly. Uh, Manuel Suleiman, as I said, one of those kind of uh, surprises to me, I know that you when, when you and I talked earlier in the week and used to keep keep an eye out for this guy, he has trouble in qualifying, gets into the wall, I believe, ends up qualifying down down the order. I'm not even sure if he got a time in. Uh, starts twentieth, drives up to sixth uh to sit third place in the points um you know steve that's that's that big recovery as well right you know he had a strong strong run in the opening race didn't qualify well but again a smart run for him just like keen in race one coming from the tail up into the sixth position manuel Suleiman now for d4 is racing p3 that's that's a big recovery coming from the trouble he had in qualifying
1: yeah definitely another nice recovery drive by someone who had issues in qualifying and you know he said he does have a ton of seat time he did two seasons of uh british f4 which is uh you know Pretty well subscribed series and uh, pretty yeah. competitive. And he's done some of the Formula Four, or the what is it, North American Central American Championship. He's done a couple seasons yep. of that, so he's he's experienced. But he's definitely shown uh, a lot more that uh, that whatever Ernesto and uh, David Martinez have, have gotten the best out of him over the first couple uh, events.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. And you know, you look at the fact that he brings that experience into a, into a street course. Doesn't have a lot of street course experience of any that I know of. So. Uh, You know, another, another guy I want to shine a bit of a spotlight on because it was, I thought it was a really good weekend for young Reese Gold, 14 years, 14 years of age, lives in Puerto Rico. I've watched him through the card, his carding career, his young carding career. Um, Just, you know, if if I were to say to any young driver, here's what I want you to do. You're 14 years old. You're coming to St. Pete for the first time. I would say, um, stay out of trouble. You know, leave yourself a foot on the walls. Don't be, don't be brushing any walls. Stay out of trouble, run clean, good race lines and see what can happen. And that's what Reese did. And he ends up with two top 10 finishes. And I got, to me, that's just absolutely stunning. First race, he ends up starting 11th, finishes 10th, holds a spot. Um, in the second race, he starts back in 13th, not quite as good a qualifying run, but he drives up to eighth position. Of course, there was some, you know, we know that there two drivers went out. But the bottom line is, dude, he made no mistakes, ends up with a couple of top 10s. Count that one to the record books. There's your experience. Moved to Indianapolis. You could have not. You couldn't have asked for anything else from Reese Gold than that. Bringing the car home all five sessions, no issues.
1: No, very good, very good weekend for him. And um, you know, I think he's going to be the probably the first one to shine a light in Lucas Oil School of Racing. He came out of that program, and um, you know, won their scholarship. And and I know that those guys that were impressed with him. There was times in the season where he just was running away with everything, but he would start deeper in a field just to start deeper in a field, so he could work on his racecraft. And that apparently has helped him out a lot because it's, uh, you know, for a 14-year-old, that's an awfully awfully mature weekend.
0: Yeah, we'll give the same props to the driver from Newman Walks Racing, uh, Nolan Siegel, not near as much karting experience as Reese Gold, but Nolan did exactly the same thing. Stayed out of trouble completely, only 14 years of age. uh, Finished 14th in the opening race and finished 12th in the second race. No issues at all. Just, you know, that smart run, get used to the car, get used to the team. I thought both of the 14-year-old drivers actually acquitted themselves very well. Steve, any other thing you want to bring up on USF 2000 or did we, we kind of hit all the marks there?
1: Um, I think I'd like to give a little bit of a props to uh, Bruna Tomaselli. Yeah. Who, uh, who like you know, hasn't, you know, I don't think she's been in the best situations the last two years and it, it's, you know, she's, uh, she's showing some pace in the past, but has had some issues and I think her two race results were fantastic and she was, she was right on pace with her more experienced teammates or her more highly touted teammates in qualifying and I think uh, Bruna could be in for a really good year and I think you know I talked to her a little bit this weekend and she was uh, one of those drivers that uh, probably uh has a little bit to prove after not making the cut in the w series uh, tryouts when they um, maybe should have but that's a topic for another day but, <laughs> I, is, think she, yeah. but I think but she's, I
0: think uh, shes she she
1: led me to believe that there's she's got something to prove so I'm Curious to see how she does for the rest of the season. I think uh I think that, that Paps group uh is a really good group and will gel. lay it. Uh you know, Augie Auggie had some issues last year with uh teammates running into each other once in a while. And I think he's got a very different group this year. I think they support each other. I think they could be a really good team down the road.
0: It's funny you say that because I talked to Augie about that, and that was so interesting that, you know, we talk about the fact that Kyle Kirkwood had such a dominant year last year, but he really wasn't that dominant. He only qualified, I think, a poll four times. Right. It was more. It was more the fact that the Paps guys did drive over each other quite a bit. You're you're, you're true on that. Yeah. It's interesting too. I like the dynamic underneath there underneath that tent. You know, you, they actually posted a picture I think on on social media with the four the, the four drivers really just kind of hanging out and enjoying themselves. Right, Hunter McIlroy. Uh, Colin Kaminsky, Yuvan Sundaramurthy, and Bruna Tomaselli. and it just—it just seems like there's a fun atmosphere. And you're right, she didn't get picked for W Series. They're going to have their uh, their final selection process, I believe, next week. I think it is. I think so yeah, uh, surprising that the amount of experience she has, some of the pace she shows, and you're right, she turns around and says, "Okay, you didn't pick me." Well, I just got sixth and seventh in USF 2000 against right. some pretty good talent. I think that's—I uh, like that, and I think she's well deserved of a of a shout out there. Good call on that one for sure. All right, let's uh let's move now to Indie Pro 2000. I you know, I only I think I only spent about about 10 bucks in the square jar, Steve.
1: Yeah, I, uh, no, I I I I did not do too badly. I think I uh put the
0: uh I had more problems <laughs> with the M word in Road to Indy than I had with Indie Pro 2000. So Yeah, I said I said Mazda Road Indy a couple yeah, times I and too. I and and I used Pro Mazda a couple times that I wasn't supposed to, but again it's for me it's it's about clarifying for people and let them understand that the Pro Mazda program that was so strong for a couple of years there it was Star Mazda before that. Yeah. Then Pro Mazda from I think two, thir- 2013 on is now indie Pro 2000. We uh, of course in the media and on the PA and on the radio like to joke about the fact that we try to make sure we don't make the mistake cuz uh, stuff like that gets ingrained in your head. It does. Um I guess let's let's go into Pro 2000 and I think the simple bottom line Uh, Steve, and really the only thing you can talk about from the get-go is that uh, what an unbelievable opportunity first and then delivery of performance for Parker Thompson with Able Motorsports.
1: Yeah, I don't – it's just – what he accomplished this weekend was uh, pretty impressive. Uh, And it started out with practice one, right? Like he comes in and you look at the timesheet after the end of practice one, it's like, oh, wow, okay. He's eight tenths (laughs) ahead of everybody else. Yow. Uh, so the rest of them probably, you know, that, that sets a tone for the weekend and the rest of them are probably like, Oh, wow. Um, okay. We've got to catch up to that.
0: He's got a lot of experience. And he if does. you look at the field, if you look at the field, you got guys that, you know, with one or two years in the, in the, uh, the Indy pro 2000 category, you got guys with either one, maybe, yeah, maybe one, maybe one and a half or two years of USF 2000. So there's not a lot of carryover from last year, but again, even, Last year, when there wasn't any carryover, or there, when there was carryover, it was Parker going at it with with Reus VK. He's he's in his fifth year. Uh, well, let's not say in. He had a one-off to start the season, right. but it's his fifth year in the program. And he's just been – you know, he was so good in, in his first year with JDC Motorsports, you know, battling for Rookie of the Year with with uh, Anthony Martin, moves to, to, to Cape the next year, fights for the championship against Anthony. If it wasn't for a, a puncture at, at mid-Ohio, he may have fought even more for the championship, you know. What am I going to do? I can order a race. Oh, exclusive autosports starting a USF 2000 team, brand new USF 17. Carl's put Parker in it. He can be our guy to help, you know, to, to fill the, the data book, the, you know, the setup notebook. Ends up winning a bunch of races and battling for the championship there. Exclusive moves to essentially Indy Pro 2000 last year with a new PM18. Again, they put the car in the hands of Parker Thompson. Let's build a notebook. Let's get some data. Let's go win some races. He does that. And if it weren't for the wreck, probably in Toronto, I think kind of changed things in terms of budget and mindset. And he would have battled it out with Renus to the end. So here's just what he is. And I'm sure you'll add your, your thoughts. He's just really the absolute best prospect that we've had coming through the first two rungs that has not yet had the opportunity to shine, just didn't get that championship, didn't get that Mazda scholarship. And it's just been a grind. And in my, in my mind, Parker Thompson easily, the best driver out of the car in the entire road to Indy right now, and probably has been over the last couple of years. He's Absolutely. continued to develop his, his speaking skills, but you know, his the way he speaks in the in the race car is exactly the same, Steve.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's impressive. And, you know, he comes again one, to a new team, right? And to a new team stepping up to Indy Pro 2000. And, yep. and one thing, if you talk to the people who've worked with Parker on the engineering side, yeah, he's a great shoe, but he can develop a car as well, which is, you know, de- as he gets into his racing career and farther and farther into his racing career, that's going to be end, end up with taking him farther. You know, obviously he's great out of the car. He's fast in the car, but he can now help a team develop, whether it's a new car or a new team, a team coming with a new series. He can be that guy to help get you that. Like you said, that setup book for that, that car that can set you up for success forever for the rest of, you know, but, well,
0: that- yeah. And that's what he's doing for Abel Motorsports right. right now. You know the Abel family comes in, they, they pick up a couple of PM 18s. I believe they're the cars from Cape from last yep. year. Um, you know, the concept is, Hey, let's go, let's go racing. Jacob Abel, of course, the the, the primary driver, the family driver, a uh, good young shoe. He's going to work with Parker in driver coaching. Of course, they've got Shelby Blackstock. there helping J- Jacob as well, but it's, it's Parker getting this deep, getting this car. Let's use your data. We'll overlay it with Jacob's, uh, um, Parker, very high on Jacob. He thinks he's going to win races in the future. They're working together to try to build this program. And again, as you said, he can develop a car. He can, he can listen, the bottom line is this. He comes in. You, you can't be as fast as you are uh, without having already done the work to the, to the chassis, you know, to get the setup right, to be able to do that, right? right? He, if, if, he can't, if he can't develop a car, yeah, he may be able to hustle it around, Steve. But the fact that he was able to work with the, their engineer to come up with that baseline, to come up with that platform to then go out and qualify and pull both races and win both races. That speaks a lot to Parker Thompson. I just really, really hope they keep him around for a couple yeah, of races. Too. And he's done that the last yeah, three year.
1: years in a row, yeah. right? With the new team, with the new car, he's done the That's exact it. same exactly thing. It. And it's, yeah, it is impressive. And you're right. You mentioned his engineer, Ian Brown is uh, working with able motorsports and he's awfully experienced. And um, I know Parker really enjoyed working with him. He's been, been there. Diane's been there, done that worked with in. Uh, Champ car, worked in Indy Lights, worked in Atlantics. Uh, so he's an experienced engineer. Um, and it's definitely one, it, it definitely worked out on the first weekend. And, you know, I think Parker's right about Jacob. You know, you watch, you know, yeah, he probably didn't have the finishes he wanted. But first off, he finished. Second off, you look at his lap times throughout the weekend. You know, he started where he was two and a half seconds off. And he ended where he was within a second of Parker. Well, thats thats yeah. that's pretty stout improvement over the course of the weekend.
0: And that, I always yeah, look at that. It's, it's I don't care what your uh, right speed is. How much How much quicker do you get every yeah. session? Because you know, the guys up front are not going to get any quicker. Right. They're going to maybe a 10th here. Maybe, maybe if the track goes off, they fall back a 10th. It's the guy that when the track falls back a 10th, he's still finding a half a second getting better and better. And I think that's – we're going to see some good things out of Jacob Abel. Now, let's jump into it now. Of course, the Indy Pro 2000 presented by Cooper Tires. Let's jump into race one. I'll give you a bit of a, an overview. Steve can, uh, can throw in his thoughts. Again, as I said, Parker Thompson on the pole. Um, but, and this is the interesting part as we talk here, he doesn't lead out of turn number one. And I had mentioned Parker earlier, uh, when we talked about the USF 2000 starts, because here's a guy that has started on pole. Uh, there are times that he's pushed through, started on pole, pushed through and get past just overcooked the corner. He took it easy and got a good run through turn number one. I think it was, uh, Jordan Kane, I think came diving yes. down the inside potentially and, and drove into the side of him. and talking to Parker. He said that he goes, I've had so much. Bad luck in turn one. I just figured, I'm going to take my time going in here. I don't want to screw this up. Rasmus Lent, of course, the rookie, though, second year in the in the, uh, in the the Road Dandy, top, one of the top drivers last year in USF 2000. He rolls around the outside, Steve. And the thing about turn one is, if you start on pole on the inside, it's dirty. That's not where the grip is. And if you get a good run from the outside, like Rasmus did, you're able to run around the outside, get that grip, essentially run in the, you know, the racing line, and Rasmus ends up taking the lead when it happened, I, I kind of took a deep breath and kind of just kind of thought for Parker. Go, you know what? That's a veteran move. Yeah. Not pushing the order down the inside. Cause he could have worked them, worked them into turn one and two, but he was smart and essentially just gave up the spot.
1: Yeah. It was interesting after the race, I talked to Rasmus about that pass. And he said he kind of expected to to have that happen. When he started, he started on scuffed tires and Parker started on new tires. And he said, mm-hmm. uh, the Cooper's new when they're brand new, take a little bit to get worked in. And he kind of knew Parker wouldn't be able to break nearly as deep into turn one as, as he would be able to on the used tires. So he, he kind of said he had a plan to do that, but he also knew later in the race that Parker would have way better tires. And as, as you'll say, or as you'll tell us, we found that out.
0: Yeah. And the interesting thing about Parker was he was so quick, so much quicker, as you had said, Steve, at one point, he didn't put in, in qualifying for race number one, he didn't put another set of rubber on. A number of guys came in and put fresh rubber on to try again to get, you know, get that good lap time. He didn't, was able to hold those tires, as you said. But uh, so again, so Rasmus Lint takes the lead. Parker Thompson slots into second. The interesting thing that as well that happened on the opening lap, Steve, was the fact that in some of that chaos coming through one, two, and three, I'm not sure which part of the racetrack it happened on. It could have been even four. Kyle would end up suffering some wing damage, front wing damage. Uh, actually had the wing askew, kind of a, clockwise turn on the wing he just started dropping through the field and just didn't have I'm not you can give us some more input whether there was more wrong with the car but I think he ended up on lap four having some contact with Parker Locke and eventually uh parked the car after after four after uh, lap four and as the reigning champion in USF 2000 coming in with the scholarship you know the Mazda Colors running for RP Motorsports Racing I think Kirk would like to have had a much better result than, than the one he had in the opening race
1: yeah and he said after the race that he had um, the the team wanted him to come into pits and and change the wing and get that fixed but he's having radio issues so he didn't hear them Ooh. so yeah that's that's tough so then he, he fell back down through the field and had contact further back and that knocked him out um not a great way to start the season but um you know I I was impressed with after the race with how he uh, how his demeanor and how he was handling it. it's it's tough like that's I that's the first time isn't won a you know road to Indy presented by Cooper tire race in, in 11 tries, right? Like he won 11, 11, in a row going in and he'd never finished outside the top five. And all of a sudden he has this problem and it was still the same Kyle later that day. So I, I was very I
0: impressed. So, uh, again, as we said, uh, Thompson lost the lead early, but he never gave up. And as, as uh, we detailed with the fresh tires that Steve was talking about, the car was going to get better at the end. And it did, uh, he was able to make, you know, get a really good run on the straightaway. Made just that, you know, that textbook move to the inside of Lint coming down to turn number one, took the lead away. I believe it was on lap number 15. Yep. couple so he stretched out, stretched out a bit of a gap. Lap, I think was 18, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually had the yellow flag flu. Uh, Corey Enders had an issue and was offside of the racetrack. So Thompson, then of course, resetting and having to, uh, to hold off, uh, what would have been a, ch- a, ch- a challenge from Lint on the restarts, uh, but no issues whatsoever. He handled it well, got out of the, uh got out of the gate nicely in turn 14 and, and wasn't challenged at all in turn number one. And Thompson went on to win uh, his first uh, race of the year. Again, so huge for a guy who for all intents and purposes could have been on the sidelines again, but has had an opportunity to to work with the guys from able Motorsports. And we'll see what that turns into because obviously Steve, as soon as he, you know, he won that race, all of a sudden people are saying, Hey, Parker Thompson's a guy that we can't, we can't ignore. Right. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. It, and and the
1: nice thing with Indy Pro 2000 is he's now got you know two two and a half months to go find some more sponsorship. Uh, yeah, right. and, and it's it's a lot easier to do that with to with a with a win and two wins <laughs> under your belt, right? Yeah. Like a, yeah. just that much easier. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he and Abel can get that done, and we see those guys at Indy
0: uh, again. Parker Thompson fast lap point as well. It took the full brace of points so the only driver into the 108s. Rasmuth Lint still very impressive. Let's give him the prop for finishing second in his debut in the program. And Stingray Rob, his third year in the series, and really kind of settled in with Hunkos Racing. Of course, he and Lint teammates Stingray just all weekend told me he just needs a he needed a little bit more speed. Yeah. He feels really good with the car. The balance just needs just that little bit more speed. Is that kind of the feedback you got from him as well, Steve?
1: Yeah, it was. He's just they're just missing a tiny little bit, but. Uh... I expect them to find them and find it. And he's i uh, I've never seen him so happy with a team as he is at Yungos. I mean, he is uh, he really likes the fact that they, they driver development is what they do, right. They keep moving guys yeah. up to all the way to IndyCar f- throughout their programs. And that's something that he's really looking forward to is working with their, their engineers and, and Ricky and that group to t- kind of try and improve himself, both as a driver on and off the track. Cause I think that's what a lot of what, hunkos does off the track is you know they'll i know they have classes where they go two or three times a year where they like spend a saturday with the engineers learning how to communicate properly with the engineers and that's part of the the driver development program for those guys so it's i love that yeah i know i do too and it's something that i know stingray is really looking forward to that
0: so let's move to race number two again parker thompson on the pole positions this time leads flag to flag no cautions whatsoever the driver's in Indy Pro 2000, really, really running well. Again, always some issues potentially in the opening race, but everybody kind of settled in. Kyle Kirkwood started on the outside of the front row, pushed Parker Thompson all race long. And I had said actually that Parker had a full brace of points. He didn't because it was actually Kyle Kirkwood who had the fast race lap in race number two. Uh, Kirkwood pushes him hard. Uh, again, this is a battle I think we'll see throughout the entire season if Thompson's able to continue to run because I think – Steve, I think we know from what happened last year with Harris and Sky, RP Motorsport, those guys can engineer a car. Oh, yeah. He was fast yeah, all year. Yeah, they
1: right? really can. It's a good group of guys. That uh, And it's interesting, you know, sometimes when teams start out, you know, when Carlin came over, you know, they did it mainly with their their people, but, you know, they brought in an experienced American like Jeff Fickling. These guys are yeah. doing it with Europeans, and it's kind of cool to watch how they're uh, kind of growing their program and how they go about things. Very professionally run team.
0: So, again, uh, Kyle Kirkwood ends up finishing in second after pushing uh, Parker Thompson from, from flag to flag. I thought it was a really impressive run for Daniel Frost as well from Exclusive Autosport. Here's a guy from Singapore, ran three weekends with Exclusive last year in USF 2000 and really, really turned in three strong weekends. Like it, it, he wasn't you know, blindingly outright fast going for race wins, but consistent didn't make any mistakes, posted a bunch of great results, moves up to Indy Pro 2000 this year. I, I think he would have been a cha- championship challenger in USF 2000, but wants to make the move to Indy Pro. And man, started sixth position. He passed Rasmus Lent, he passed Stingray Robin, he passed Moises de la Vera to finish third. Uh, Daniel Frost, I think, is going to be one of the dark horses this year. I think that even though he's a rookie in the program with not a lot, like he doesn't know the tracks, right? He ran right. three races last year. I just think he's going to be a dark horse. I think he's. Uh, I like that Daniel a lot. He's a good kid. I, th- I don't think a lot of guys know him yet that much. He's he's funny. He's uh, he's well spoken. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. We were in the paddock, uh, going through the camping area in Ohio last year. I think it was I think we were done. I think the re- race weekend was done, and we were rolling up. My stepdad and his buddy were camping there, so we went and said hi, I had a cocktail, and as we we're leaving, we we're trying to drive it out, and there's Daniel. He and his mom had the motorhome there, and Daniel's like partying, like relaxing, hanging out with a bunch of of indie, of, uh, of fans who don't even know him, but they're just hanging out, laughing, joking, and and now he's got new fans. He's got new Daniel Frost fans. That's awesome. That's good <laughs> that's story. not something that everybody does. No.
1: So yeah, I, that's an awesome story.
0: He's gonna be. He's get, definitely gonna be one to watch. What are your thoughts on Frost? You obviously watched him over last year and this year.
1: Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. He's kind of a dark horse. He's not going to. uh, get you with his blinding speed necessarily i think he's, fat, he's plenty fast enough but his uh, his racecraft is is superb and it was interesting i talked to him after that race and uh, then i talked to michael duncalf a couple of days ago and it it kind of mashed on what happened on the first race you know he didn't really push at the start he just kind of sat back and you know took it easy and and the team kind of got on him i guess to to push a little harder at the start and man did he push a little harder at the start he went three wide and went around the outside of turn one and went from (laughs) sixth to third and uh, he was pretty happy with that and uh, I shared uh, with Michael what the what Daniel said he said that's exactly what we told him to do he needed to push a little harder at the start so uh, it was interesting to see um, what'll happen with him as he gets pushed throughout the season I think that's a pretty good program for him to be in it's uh, and I think that the the family and he understands that you know, his goal is IndyCar. Like there's no fans or buts about it. He wants to be an IndyCar driver and, and they've got a bit of a plan in place where it's, you know, they know how many years it's going to take. And that's the plan. So it'll be interesting to see, watch him follow through on it. I think he's, and you're right. He's a really, really fun kid.
0: Yeah. Uh, Really good battle from seventh back to the 11th spot as well. They were all separate. I think like eight seconds at the end, uh, uh, Nikita Lestoski ends up seventh, Philippe Dennis, which is a great story. We'll talk more about Philippe throughout the year. He's running with Fat Boy Racing, their first uh, time having a, essentially a, another car under the tent. Uh, Fia Veranti ends up in ninth, Corey Anderson, 10th, and Jacob Abel in 11th. That was just, they were running nose to tail for a pretty much majority of that race. Again, no, uh, no cautions whatsoever. Uh, average speed, 93.5 miles an hour, green to checker. That's what we like to see because these kids all the, I don't care where you are, whether you're USF 2000 or you're a kid in air quotes in, uh, in Indy lights, track time, track time. We just want these guys to have track time and, and the ability to battle and not run around under, under yellow.
1: No, exactly. And Rob, you know me, I'm a, a bit of a, a geek and I keep weird stats. So that's uh 93.570 mile per hour. That's the fastest uh, Indy pro 2000 race at, uh, a race average at St. Pete by uh four, four and a half miles per hour. So
0: <laughs> I like it. Yeah, no, exactly. Thought, dude,
1: That's pretty crazy. Right.
0: The... I love those stats. Well, again, fast cars, you know, yeah, Parker exactly. Thompson actually reset the. I think we didn't mention this. I think he set a new track record too, right? You're
1: qualifying that more. And yeah. yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. He new did track so. record. Great job for him. All right. Let's move into the uh, Indy lights program. Um, again, uh, Indy lights, we would love to see 20 cars, but we had seven at one point. We had 10, we're looking to potentially get into 11 or 12 in the next couple of races, potentially 14 for the freedom. So I'm going to take it as a positive and spin off on that. Uh, is that kind of the, the idea you're taking, Steve?
1: Yeah, I look at it. It's going to be a you know a two to three, four year road back to where you get a bit better car count. And look, you've added 30% this year. So if you add 30% more next year and 30% more in the next year, you're at 16, 17 cars. And I think that's where you need to be. It
0: just takes uh, too, I- yeah, it does take time. And I think you need, I think they're gonna be selling opportunity, right? Because it's more and more right now, Formula One. If you're not buying your way into a team or dropping some big, big dollars, you're just not getting there. Right. It just it's just the reality of it. And I think as IndyCar continues to improve as, as it is, obviously that's some of the some of the TV stuff recently has been probably the, the only negative hit we've had, but otherwise it's been positive motion forward um i think you're gonna i wouldn't be surprised to see more f3 f2 drivers say you know what i got budget i got backing you know i'm gonna go indycar racing and have fun and enjoy myself you know i think i think marcus arison's gonna be really good for the (laughs) good for that as well when he starts talking about the fact he's having a great time over here uh as opposed to you know he calls it a driver he called it a proper driver's championship is what he told our guys uh, on indycar radio you know even though we had some issues People, I think people are going to want to go to Car, and I think the road to Indy obviously goes through Indy Lights. Uh, all right, let's jump. Let's jump into it and start talking about race number one. I guess we shouldn't be too overly surprised that Zachary Klayman and, and Bellardi Auto Racing able to come out of the gate with pole and then score a race win. The uh, the Bellardi guys have been um, have been statistically really strong at uh, at Saint Petersburg over the last couple of years. You look back at, to, to wins from. Uh, Felix Rosenquist and Zach Veach. And even last year, before his wreck, Aaron Tielitz was the flat-out fastest driver here. You know, he just – he had things handled, did he not?
1: Yeah, he did. And they've won, I think, four years in a row to start the season in one of the two races. So, I think Rosenquist, Tielitz, Santee, Yerusha won last year. Yeah. And then Reynas this year. So, it's –
0: Did Gabby – I think Gabby Chavez won a race for them too, did he not? um, I don't think so. I think he got –
1: If I want to remember correctly, it was Carlos Munoz that hit. He was on pole the year he won the championship, but I think Carlos Munoz hit him out in the first lap. All right. There you go. There
0: you go. You're the man. All right. Let's have a look. Anyways, Clayman DeMello, rather Clayman. It's not Clayman DeMello anymore. It's Zachary Clayman. We're going to shorten it up a bit. Uh, He ends up uh, going green to checker to to score the win, but at the very end, and I'll let you talk a lot about it because you probably know more about him than I do right now. The big story was the late edition of the BN Racing Team Pelfrey collaboration effort uh, that brought Toby Sowery over to run. Toby got a chance to drive. I think it was a Monday, tested on Monday, on track on Friday, and you know we've seen him over the last couple of years. Steve did a little bit, a little bit of USF two thousand, did a one-off last year with BN Racing in Indy Pro two thousand, a couple of second place finishes at Road America. Toby Sowery comes in in that Pelfrey car and. Like out of the box, good. Like I've qualified, qualified second, and then chased, claiming the entire race.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty cool story. He uh, I guess he was at work on um, Friday when he got the call. He does a uh, some, uh, works in a couple of driver schools as an instructor, and he was at work, and he got the call Friday, and decided he'd come over. Got in a plane Saturday, got his seat fit Sunday. It was in the car Monday, so. Uh, <laughs> pretty crazy. Um, wow. yeah. And and basically the test they did at Homestead was just to get comfortable and just to get the, the car in the right position. That car had been, uh, hadn't been run since Parker Thompson ran it at the Chris Griffiths test in September. It was sitting up in, uh, Delray beach. Um, so the team went and picked it up and, uh, the co-entry, uh, I think Dale Pelfrey just wanted to continue his, uh, podium streak at, uh right St. Peter. i mean yeah. for again four years in a row one of his drivers has been on the podium one of that yellow car has been on the podium so it's you know it's one of those things where it's it's an interesting uh dale pelfrey uh, is one of the the sports you know road to indie best supporters at times and uh, i'd love to see him continue he uh, he he will help out a young driver at times and that's we need more guys like him around
0: I, I i agree to have to have guys like dale who as you have said have have, have put their money in it and, and and support and some young drivers coming up the ranks i i totally agree with you on that and toby salary just again just so good out of the box strong he was fast and again it's st petersburg dude it, it doesn't take much to get in there having not been there before make a mistake and find yourself on the wall how many guys you know we, we saw it with robert mcginnis right at the end of the one race he ended up Tag, tagging the wall in, in race number two at the end if, if because you're pushing so hard whether you you catch the inside as you're working you know the, one of the walls on the inside or you just tap a wheel on the outside every corner fraught with peril but toby salary handled it like an absolute pro T- talk a little i know you kind he's of he's never he's never
1: been on a on a street course believe it or not
0: and tell me more about what he's doing right now. You said he's got a Lamborghini program. I don't. I didn't know enough about Toby Sowery coming in. Yeah, he
1: started with that last year and uh, racing an in international GT Open, which is a uh, GT3 uh, Lamborghini car. Or He's driving a uh, Lamborghini, sort of a supported driver. Um, he won a race last year, ended up in the sixth in the championship, and he's, he's scheduled to be back to do that again this year, you know, he, he wants to be a professional race car driver and he's getting paid to drive a Lamborghini. It's not so bad, right? Um, no, it's not really not, bad. not so bad, but um, you know, I, I, he understands that that that's probably his future, but he, I imagine there's part of him that says, you know what? I'd love to stay in this open wheel thing. You know, he was awfully successful in British F3 and, you know, just never really had a chance to move up from that. And I'd like to see him at least continue for another race weekend. Um, yeah. I did talk to him a little bit about the freedom 100. I I'm not not sure he. Really wants to run an oval. We'll see how things go. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm I hope he's back for Coda. You know, I've been told it's 50 So uh, I think he'd really help David. I think he'd really help that team. Um, having a work, he's like a he's a workman like driver. He's a lunch pail driver. He comes in, he does his yep. job. Uh, he's quick. He doesn't tear stuff up. Uh, for someone like David Malucas, who's seventeen years old and is obviously very fast, having someone like Toby around is huge. It's a huge benefit to see how a professional Toby is a professional race car driver. Um, and for some of these young kids to see how a professional race car driver works, it kind of, it's like turning on a light switch.
0: I like that. Now, again, obviously Toby, as you said with the program already in Europe, but you know, you you just think in your mind, you know, I just got a couple of strong finishes. I'm in the championship battle here in Indy lights. I know the thing just started and lots of racing still to go, but man, I'm one step away from the NTT IndyCar Series. Yeah, exactly. Like you're one step away from being an IndyCar driver. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. No, you could tell he was conflicted when I talked to him. He's like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's hard. I, I no, I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not good. in his position.
0: I hear you. I hear you on that. Uh, Capping off, uh, Oliver Askew, a great run, his first podium. Of course, Oliver uh, winning the USF 2000 championship in 2017, uh, battled it out in the Indy Pro 2000 last year, got a, a win late in the year. Uh, Portland, I believe. Yep. Um, and so he finishes third. So a great debut for Oliver Askew, get a Florida driver from nearby Jupiter, Florida. Uh, running with Andretti Autosport. And you have to think that uh, he's only going to continue to get better and better, end up qualifying on pole for race number two. We'll get into that in a second. He ends up third, though. Good uh, good podium for him to get things underway. Uh, David Malukas, as you talked about, uh, Toby Sowery in second. David actually was in fourth in the BN racing entry. He got really racy throughout the weekend. Renus VK, who we'll talk about uh, again in the next segment here, who actually end up, ends up winning race number two. Steve, the thing for Renus again, young driver, one year in USF 2000, finished second, Oliver Askew, was able to win last year in Indy Pro 2000. He's got the Mazda Scholarship, the Soul Red, running for Hunkos Racing. Um, he was a, essentially a session behind. They had, I think they had some electrical issues in the in, in practice, but for a rookie driver coming in to get that far behind early, even to, even to fight back, I think to fifth, even though he started sixth, I think that's a pretty good result.
1: No, I think it was a good way to start the season. Uh, it's yeah, they were, and they were a little bit on the back foot and testing at Homestead too. They had some mechanical gremlins. Uh, but somehow that Hunko's team always seems to get things fixed in time. And, uh, they, they he had a good race car underneath them. So, um, you know, I think he smart move not to, to force any kind of issues. Uh, he put some. Pressure on uh, David, but Malukas didn't didn't make a mistake. He held his ground, and Renus wasn't going to try anything silly. That's not Renus's mo. Uh, Rinus's mo is finishing races.
0: Exact from the very get go, right? Yep. Uh, I've talked about that on the PA for how many his two years. Is this this is a guy that doesn't finish doesn't finish outside the top five? No, he just doesn't. No, right? He doesn't. He's never been outside the top five ever at St. Petersburg. No. Now.
1: No, that's impressive. Second and third
0: course. in USF two thousand, One both races year. in Indy Pro. Not just you know fifth back, and first. He's never been brand out to the new top five year. at St. Petersburg yeah. every year. All right, so let's now. Okay, so let's talk about that as we go into race number two because here is a guy that doesn't make mistakes, uh, and I want to get your thought on it. I have really, I honestly haven't had a chance to look at all the in car on it yet. I've only really saw what I what I what I saw yeah. on race day. Um, this is Saturday, Sunday morning. Uh, Oliver Askew qualifies on the pole, Renus VK on the outside. So the two drivers who, who I'll do whatever I can to pour fuel on the rivalry. Because exactly. that's something that's I want to, you precisely. know, because they've raced. They went head to head for the last two years. They're coming up the ladder together. Yeah. I'd love to see them both in IndyCar uh, fighting it out. I want rivalries. I want guys not to like each other. Rob, two, that's, that's two good years
1: on the podium together 14 times. Really?
0: Yes. That's crazy, wow. Another Steve Wittig yeah. uh, stat. Yeah. I love it. That, that's awesome, yeah. dude. That's a great stat. Yeah. Uh, and there's good, add some more for this year. And so, I've
1: never come close, I don't think, to really making contact before.
0: Well, they, they did this time. Yeah, they did this uh, So we go through turn number one at St. Petersburg. It's a right-hander, a quick left, and you know, then you roll down to three. And the left is tight, and there's curbing on the inside. So again, like Parker Thompson, not a great run to the inside for Oliver Askew. His first start, in indy lights in the indy lights car with 450 horsepower down into one he doesn't get the does not get the jump he needs read vk on the outside he says hey you know what i'm gonna roll the outside i'm gonna lead this race they're through turn one side by side all gets that little jet out first so he's a bit ahead coming into the essentially that little turn two where there's the the curbing so again it's the race officials called it a racing incident uh, it looked to me like Oliver may have pinched didn't leave quite as much room. Looked to me like Renus probably got up on the curb and it moved the car to the right a bit. They make contact. It sends Askew into that, you know, that counterclockwise spin that we've seen before. He's in the wall. He's done for the day. Bitterly disappointed. And Renus VK able to continue another good show of, the, of a, a car, the Delara holding up. Yeah. I, was supr- I was surprised he didn't have damage to the right side. Yeah. What was your view on that? Because Askew's done significant damage vk ends up taking the lead and, and, and leads from the restart and does not get challenged wins the race what do you what was your thought on that start
1: like you i'd really like to see the onboard from marina's car yeah. uh to kind of get an idea of if oliver pinched if he didn't i guess they talked about in the race in the uh drivers meeting to, to about that exact situation and leaving room um and you know a lot of people compared it to last year where uh it was the same. It was a solar red car hit. Uh, yeah,
0: Franzoni. Franzoni
1: uh, made contact with Teal. It's uh, a little bit different this year. I think Renus was a lot farther alongside. Um, I don't than, think. Than, I, than I, don't think was. A, I don't
0: think the car jinked as much. Fra- Franzoni's car moved significantly to the right. Yeah,
1: and and Renus definitely hit the curb. He admitted it. But yeah. um, I, I I agree with race control race. I don't even think they reviewed it. Believe it or not. I think it was just deemed a racing incident from the start, I mean, which mean you know, if he, if that's lap four or five, maybe I take a closer look at it, but lap one, uh, you've got to try and get through those two corners. You've got to try and leave room, but it's hard. It's tough.
0: It's yeah. Really tough. Regardless, uh, Oliver Askew ends up finishing 10th after that, that yeah. strong run to third. He's going to want to come back big time when we uh, go racing in just what, over a week's time, actually yep. we'll be on track already. Uh, we're only a week away from the race at the circuit of the Americas. I'm excited for that. Uh, as it stands, uh, this is a, it's some interesting stats here. So Rina's VK ends up going to the, to, to the win. Uh, we end up getting a caution on lap number 20, or uh, 20, uh, rather 34, about six laps from the end. They got it cleaned up quickly. It was Robert McGinnis just overcooking it going into turn number 10, which is that tough left-hander. Um, just uh, obviously didn't at all hit the, the, the turn-in point because he made pretty good contact with the mm-hmm. outside wall interesting that that uh about seven laps before that mcginnis had actually turned the fast lap of the race steve yeah Which yeah it good. was uh, good for him it, it is
1: uh, he's impressed me in the as he's made the step up uh, it's interesting to watch some drivers how you know as they move up with power and uh downforce, how they get better and rob seems to be one of those one of those guys that he just came seems, seems, seems to get better and i think having you saw rob last year um perform a lot better the second half of the season with Renes as a teammate. I think Rob's one of those guys that does really well with teammates that push him and Oliver and Ryan Norman, and the, they're going to push Rob. And I think that's good for him.
0: Uh, agreed on that. And, and, it, and I really, I was just really hoping he would have been able to bring it home because he was, I think he, I think he was battling right behind in P5 at that point, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he was, he was, regardless, he was turning good laps. He was battling yeah. with, uh, with Malukas and Falchero, Julian Felchero. Yes. So, uh, all in all a good outing for McGinnis, even with that little incident, of course, that then stacks the field back up, uh, Marina's VK, the leader, Zachary Clayman in second, Toby salary in third. Now Clayman can go to work. He was obviously the, uh, the hunty, yes. uh, he's uh, the hunted. He was the hunted on race one. He's the hunter in race number two, working that push to pass, but just really just couldn't, you know, just. Renas turns his fast lap on lap number 31, so the car's still good at the end yeah. of that run. Zach Zach Reclaman just didn't quite have enough to challenge for it.
1: Not quite, but it was. Uh, they were definitely. It was. He definitely put some pressure on him. He but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. But it. Uh, yeah, the Junkos guys had that 21 dialed in, and uh, Renas is hard to beat when he gets out front. Um, he's not going to make a lot of mistakes, like we said. He's pretty pretty clean driver and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So you're going to have to. You're going to have to beat him. He's not going to beat himself very often.
0: That's And that's, you know what? When you're in Indy Lights, Steve, and you you know this in talking to the team owners, these guys watch what's going on. The reason why Felix Rosenquist is with Chip Ganassi right now is because Mike Hall was watching him when he was in Indy Lights, right? He's watching this kid. This kid's good. We may want him down the line. And that's that. The way you're describing Renus VK is is how you want to be described. You want to be a driver who's fast, who doesn't make any mistakes, and brings the car home yep. in one piece. And that's what he's shown over 2 years in a race now. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and that's it's impressive. and it's,
1: it's it's interesting like Renus hasn't been on pole nearly as much as he's won. Um yeah, you know, you're right. he can't he's not there seems to be other guys that can throw that ultimate lap down man when it comes into the race time there's nobody better right now.
0: Yeah, he's pretty solid, folks. Uh, Renes VK with the win. Zachary Claiman in second spot. Uh, Toby Sowery ends up in third. Fourth was David Malukas, and and uh, fifth with Julian Fal- Falcero. So again, Claiman Demello with the lead heading into the Circuit of the Americas. Again, we head there, uh, and, and well, less than a week. I'm on the I'm on the plane on Thursday. I'm sure Steve, you're either Wednesday or Thursday. So I'll, we get set uh, I to go.
1: We'll be there Wednesday and uh, get to do a track walk with a. Uh, Indie Carnation group on Thursday afternoon I'm looking forward to that nice.
0: I like that too and you and I are going to hook up for some barbecue and some oh, burgers and yeah, some good food sure. and, oh, that that's or, where I got to go Torchies right? tacos
1: yeah definitely uh,
0: I'm in ser- I searched for some burger stuff so I'm, we're going to find a good burger joint yeah. and uh, I kind of want to
1: go to the burger joint from Dazed and Confused but we'll see
0: off uh, air we'll, <laughs> we'll talk ever, about that you I like remember it. that movie I don't I've never watched oh, it oh wow I should, Anyways, I should watch it we'll, uh, yeah, watch it. we'll, we'll talk about it off air to be honest I just watched Office Space oh okay
1: that's based
0: yeah. in Austin too. It, you're right. It is. It is yeah. All right. So here, here's the, here's the, I want to wrap up with this. Cause I find this interesting. It's way, way too early to think oh, yeah. about championships, but. Hunkos racing won the championship in 2015 and 2017. If they like to do it every two years, this would be the year 2019. Yeah, it would be. What do you think about VK? Is he a championship challenger?
1: Oh, absolutely! No, oh, definitely! Oh, yeah! Definitely. <laughs> absolutely! Absolutely! Yeah, absolutely. yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think Clayman's going to give him a, a, run for his money. Uh, I think we've got Zach, uh, Zach taking a step back has, uh, has refocused him. I think, and he, uh, he, I thought he drove two really probably two best back to back races in, in his, uh, road to indie career so far.
0: I agree with you. No, I totally agree with you. You know the funny thing about about Zachary Clayman Demello or Zachary Clayman that people don't understand or they forget. The year that he came in, in 2000, and was it, was it 2016? Yes. I think, yeah, 2016, right? Yeah. He came in 2016, essentially took Spencer Piggott's spot at Hunkos Racing. He had hardly, he didn't have a lot of car experience. Like, I think he, maybe a couple of races and some testing. Yeah, exactly. In Formula Renault, he was a top, top carter, represented Team Canada at the Rotax Grand Finals, a number of occasions. And everybody, you know, everybody was kind of, hey, who is this kid? And I, and I told everybody, he's brash. He's young and brash, but he's fast. He's got lots of natural talent, right? And he needs to be in the right place. And he he learned. Second year, he goes to Carlin. Different atmosphere for him, right? And was able to score a race win and got better and better. Still, though, doesn't didn't have that consistency of Renas VK, right? He would make a mistake here and there because he's brash. Um, and goes to IndyCar last year. He really has only been driving cars for three years. I know. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. To be real. If you really think about it, he's twenty. He's he, still he, only twenty. He's twenty years old. Right. Exactly. What was it's, I doing when I was twenty? Yeah. going to yeah, figure yeah, out where yeah. I was going to
1: get my next case of Labatt
0: fifty. Labatt <laughs> fifty. Yep. Exactly. Saint John and Sudbury. There's all yeah. about that. That's that's what we did back then. I hey, the other one thing is before we cap off, and I think it's interesting. I know it's super early again, but uh, if you think of Renus VK and uh, and Oliver Askew, you. If either of those drivers win the championship, they will have gone to, from Indi, for, to, from karting to IndyCar in 3 years.
1: That's wow.
0: Right? 1 wow. year in USF 2000, 1 year in Indy Pro, 1 year in, in Indy Lights. If either ask or VK win the championship, they go from again, essentially from USF 2000 karting to the Indy, to Indianapolis 500 in 4 years. And that to me,
1: you know what? I don't, you know, there's a lot of drivers that that would happen to and I'd say yeah, they that they're not ready, both those guys have shown me that, that, you know, after another year, they're going to, they'll be perfectly ready.
0: Yeah. I think they could, they could each do two more years in Indy Lights. There's no doubt. If if we had, if we had an 18 car field, keep racing Indy Lights, learn whatever it may be. But yeah, both those drivers, I think uh, definitely with a chance of, 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 a lot of maturity there. Agreed. 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 All right, Steve. We're just over an hour here, but well, we'll, let's wrap this thing up. Any any final good. thoughts uh, um, as we start the year?
1: BN Racing is leading the uh, Indy Lights uh, team championship. That's pretty impressive <laughs> huh? against <That's> a, <laughs> against Andretti uh, Autosport, Bellardi, and uh, you know that's that's I'm impressed.
0: What a great that's a great note. You're right. I'm they I'm
1: are. awfully impressed by what those guys have done, but what Bryn's done and what he's built. <laughs>
0: That's that's a great note. I never think about that. You're you're right. That's pretty impressive. Uh, With a couple of great drivers and and nobody confirmed in that second seat. No,
1: no. I hope we'd like to. I'd like to see it uh, filled up at least for most of the races. I think it really helped David a lot.
0: I agree. So so look, you've got three drivers at Bellardi. You got three drivers at Andretti, and we're here in potential names into that that other car right that fourth car and we heard a couple names that we potentially have seen at at circuit of america's it's not going to happen you got two cars at hunkos let's get let's get the two cars at bn like if somebody's out there looking for a ride that they want to get some seat time and they they know a car can they can they can run up front that second car at bn's a given right
1: exactly and even if it's someone that you know is running a european series this year that's thinking about coming to the u.s at some point give it a shot
0: Agreed. Perfect. Yeah. That's a
1: you. The car's fast. There's no offense. And come,
0: and come and do a track like that, uh, a European style track. Exactly. Right? Come and do. Come and do Road America. Exactly. Right. It's use uh, the bucket bucket list. Get exactly. you know get that Laguna Seca off the bucket list, whatever it may be. Come over the and face. sample. Get t- test the waters. Feel get get to feel what the community's like, and then come back for
1: 2020. Yeah, a lot of a lot of like we didn't talk a lot about Julian Felchero, but he's someone who he. Man, I can't wait to get to know him better. He seems like he's having so much fun just with the community of of the American racing community, how different it is.
0: I love it. Well, listen, you know but, what? We got through this entire podcast, Steve. we didn't say pro Mazda once. I, so that's I pretty solid.
1: I, I, yeah. Not bad. I've, I'm working on it. Try <laughs>
0: Hey, nice job on the, the uh, IndyCar radio, Indy lights broadcast, by the Thanks. way. Was I, good. Uh, yeah.
1: I enjoy it. It's very, those guys make it, you guys make it very easy.
0: Uh, oh, that's fun. It's great to yeah. have your wisdom. Obviously you bring out some stats. We like to hear some great notes. Well, uh, all right. Let's, let's cap it off with a look forward to the circuit of the Americas. We talked about the food side of it. That's you and I, but uh, race wise, any thoughts in your mind who you think is going to be good out of the box there?
1: Uh, I expect to ask you to be fast. Um, yeah. I expect Falchero to, to help, uh, help Bilardi move that there. they They've had one weakness. It's kind of been the road course program a little bit. And I think uh, he'll help them move that forward. They'll have a little bit more data and be able to move that forward. Same with uh, Claiming, um, I expect them to be right there with them. Uh, it yeah, be... well, yeah, and,
0: and, and you know, Rena's VK is not going to be a slouch. No,
1: no, exactly, exactly. And we, I think that's we're like... having more data with that. Having him have him having a teammate is actually I think very important too. Some we didn't talk about, but having having Dalton there as a uh, you know, just more data is is huge.
0: Let's actually go back as well. We'll, we'll end with this, if I'm not mistaken, Rina's Van Kampfout. Made his <laughs> yes, he road did. to Indy debut at the Chris Griffiths test at Coda with Afterburner Autosport. Yes, he did. I
1: believe that was the first time he ever drove a an actual race, like a car, not a cart. Actual car. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think he was
1: like second quick, so we should have known what was coming.
0: Right? And I think he was, was was he with Cape the next day? I, I, think I believe he so.
1: With... Yeah, I think he did two days.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, again, but that it was that Circuit of the Americas. Yep. That's awesome. All right, Steve. All thank right. you so much for joining, me, nice buddy. I really appreciate man. it. All right, man. We'll see you in Austin.
1: Sounds good. See you soon.
0: Folks, that's Steve Wittick. Uh, I follow him online. Steve, before you take off, obviously, TSO Ladder. Um, Again, guys, Trackside Online, TSO Ladder. TSO Ladder is actually free, but Trackside Online is how much? Is it 20 bucks a year? Yeah,
1: 22 bucks a year.
0: 22 bucks a year. Get on TracksideOnline.com, sign up. They have the email list. You get all the PR, you get all their notes through the weekend. It's it's, if you're, if you're an IndyCar or road, to Indy fan, it's a no brainer for $22. You're supporting the sport. You're supporting guys that love it. Uh, TSO as well for all Steve stuff. Um, in terms of road to Indy. Uh, but Steve, give me the, give me the, the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you guys want to um, push out there as well.
1: TSO ladder is at TSO ladder, uh, on Twitter, uh, Trackside online is at trackside online on Twitter and uh, Instagram. And I'm at Steve Wittek on both. So,
0: And, and guys, easy, the, easy. the great thing about the, the thing I love about social media, right? is It's, you know, Facebook's one thing you got the it's Twitter's that that headline news, which yeah. I love. Right. If you're at a race, you just you're just rolling through and finding all the stuff. And of course, Steve, you're always post, posting out great stuff during a race weekend. So, again, I would recommend any race fan road to Indy or IndyCar, Make sure that they uh, number one. Get a subscription to Trackside Online and follow TSO Ladder. Steve, thank you so much, buddy.
1: Thanks for having me, man.
0: Steve Wittek, fellow Canadian, looking forward to getting to Austin, Texas. It's going to be barbecue, burgers, tacos, IndyCar, and a Road to India. Uh, maybe some beer, too. I'm asking yeah, some I, yeah, that. Yeah, definitely.
1: I, I, I could, I could, I could be tempted into that.
0: I will, I will do my best to tempt you. All right. Folks, we're done here. The uh, second podcast of the year for the Road to Indy Insider. My name is Rob Howard. And on behalf of Steve Wittick. thank you so much for joining us. Uh, follow us all on social media. We'd love to hear your feedback. Feel free to message us, instant message us, whatever you uh, want to do. Uh, we're here to provide you guys with insider info on the IndyCar program and the Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Thanks, folks.